Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining us at Frontline Community Online. We're a church based in Ramstein, Germany, and we have a simple mission, and that's to love God, love others, and to help others love God. Now we do this by being real, relational, and relevant. Now during this podcast, you'll hear from our lead pastor, John Maroos, discussing our spiritual health and providing us with different tools to help strengthen our spiritual immune system. We hope that you're blessed and that your faith is inspired through this podcast today. God bless you. All right, what's going on, everybody? What's going on out there on Facebook and YouTube and even on our podcast if you're listening to us? What's up, everybody? Uh, Thank you for tuning in no matter where you are at in the world. And hey, I got a prayer request. Um, While uh, we still grieve with so many who have lost loved ones or lost jobs, I want us to pray for doors to be open in churches. We're seeing some movement here in Germany, and and we're excited. We're excited to get the doors open, so be praying. And uh, we've had a lot of you email us and text us and ask us, like, are you guys open yet? And the answer is not yet. Uh, we're, We're open in the spirit, amen? And uh, we will update you, though, on Facebook and on our website, because we're going to have to go at this at a a little bit of an odd strategy at first, just to work with the government and and to continue to see health uh, increase. So we will keep you updated, but I think the Lord is slowly moving us back into that direction, and we're pretty pumped about that. Speaking of pumped, we're in a new series. This is part three to a series we're calling Spiritual Workout playing, and uh, I can see you guys, you're looking good out there. Week one, you guys looked a a little flabby, but week two, you looked uh, like you were getting a little sore, but you were looking good. This week, I I can tell, I can tell you guys have been working out this workout workout plan. As a matter of fact, all week, last week, I was seeing your posts on Facebook and your messages to each other about praising God, lifting praise to God, and some of you look strong. Some of you look spiritually muscular because you're in this workout plan. So let's go. Let's go get this thing. Part three, week three to our spiritual workout plan. If you're feeling sore, we're planning on a four-week series. Well, I don't know what we'll do. Uh, People are feeling good. They're getting in shape. Uh, So I don't know. Next week could be the last week, but we'll see what God does. But on week three, uh, here's what I want to talk about today. I want you to write this down. We'll throw it on the screen below me, right about here, right about now. I want to I wanna talk to you today in part three of our workout plan about dropping weights, dropping weight. And that's a little bit of a low blow uh, because we're all stuck in our houses right now. One of the best things you can do right now is eat. But I want to talk to you about dropping weight. And of course, this is a spiritual angle. So this is going to be a good thing. Someone's going to have a breakthrough, a breakout in your home through this message And when the doors open to our jobs and to our churches, I want you to be lean. I want you to be running with Jesus. And I want to hit this thing hard and see him move again with power. So let's talk about dropping weight. This is a strange time in our world. Um, And and, you know what's weird? It's doing strange things to us. How many of you guys have testified? This this coronavirus thing is... It's breaking our hearts, but a lot of the news articles and just the situation itself has done some strange things. If it's done strange things in your life, I want you to comment in in the comment section. Just write strange things, man. It's been been doing some strange things in my life. But I got to stay strong, even though it's doing weird things. 
I want you to stay strong. So uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go to Galatians 5. I want you to look in verse 22. I'll meet you there in a minute. i got to hydrate in this workout plan. So go to Galatians 5, 22. And even though it's doing some weird things to us, even though it's attacking us, it's attacking our joy, it's attacking our, our love when you're stuck inside with someone for way too many hours, it can attack your love, it's, it's attacking certain areas of our life, peace and things like that. I want you to see, first of all, your birthright in Christ. If you're here listening and you're a Christian, like, this is your birthright in Christ. This is yours. And I love this verse because no matter what happens, this is still yours. If you're not a Christian and you're tuning in, this is actually what can happen to you. You can receive this life that I'm about to read. This happened to me 20 years ago. I was a messed up kid, and, and I heard about Jesus. I was an atheist and lived in uh, Seattle, and I heard about Jesus, and this is what came over me. And, and no matter if we're in the coronavirus or whatever, this is the power of the Holy Spirit in us, 22. But the fruit of the Spirit, that, that literally means the seed of the Spirit. I love that because when you get saved, when you come to Jesus and he saves you, the Spirit plants a seed in you, and this new thing starts growing up. He goes, but the seed of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness, and 23 goes on, gentleness and self-control. Again, such things, there, there's no law. Like, you couldn't will this. You couldn't say, I want to supernaturally love the unlovely, and I want to be supernaturally patient. You can't will it. You had to have a power come over you and, and consume you and, and begin to work this seed out and grow this new life in you. That's ours. But what this situation is doing is it is fighting against love. We are impatient. We are frustrated. Jobs are being threatened. All these things. It is, it is threatening our joy. It's fighting against our joy. Our birthright in Christ is to live above the clouds, is to live in this, this, this state of peace and power. And this coronavirus has a way of, of tampering with this joy that the Spirit's trying to move through us. It's, it's attacking our peace. Somebody better amen when I say this. It's attacking our patience. Someone amen for me. Someone say hallelujah. Or, or, or type it if you can spell it, whatever. Man, it's threatening our patience and, and our kindness. You know what I'm talking about. I see some of you guys on Facebook. I love you guys. But every now and then it messes with your kindness. On and on I can go. So what we're doing in this series is we're fighting off what the coronavirus is doing to us. And I don't even mean the virus. I mean the spiritual virus. How do we strengthen and grow these areas? How do we strengthen, especially in this time, Things like our love, our joy, our peace, our patience, our kindness. How do we get those things so strong that when news hits us or the coronavirus news or, or different CNN, Fox, all these different stories or, or you're frustrated about something going on at work, what if we could build ourselves so strong that these things don't penetrate our spiritual immune system? And when you read verse 22 and 23, really that is a description of Christ. Christ is love, Christ is joy, Christ is peace, Christ is patient, Christ is kind, Christ is good, and he's faithful, and he's gentle, and he's, he's totally self-controlled, and he's trying to work that life out in us, even in the midst of this thing, hence the spiritual workout challenge. Now, if you're, you're probably asking yourself, dude, I would love to feel strong like that. I would love spiritual muscle like that. I would love to stay steadfast through this thing. How do I do it? 
How do I give me the membership, the gym membership? Maybe I just join a church. No, 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 no. Here's how we do it. And, and this is weird because we don't often think of spiritual things working this way, but we do it through habits. We grow these things and actually grow more muscular in these areas through developing habits. The Spirit of God is so powerfully supernatural and otherworldly, but He works through the most practical things. That was a weird thing for me to learn years ago. I just wanted to, and I believe it works this way, I just wanted to get on my knees and cry out to him and just have anxiety and and a lack of peace and a lack of patience, just boom, just take it all away. And and he does that at times. But so often he wants to pick me up and say, John, I'll tell you what, if we partner together and you work out with me, I'll go ahead through new habits, I'll renew your mind and I'll grow these things in you. Amen? I'm I'm flying here because I'm excited about this. This is just all, I have, this is one sentence in my notes. I got to hurry. First Timothy chapter four, here it is. Paul, Paul lays it down. Most spiritual man I've ever met, the apostle Paul, an early church leader. Now he's got, he's got great advice for us during the coronavirus in, uh, in first Timothy four and verse seven. He goes, have nothing to do with godless myths. And we're getting an onslaught right now of, of myths and scare tactics and all of these things that don't have God in them and the hope of God and the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ in them. And it's okay to watch the news and, and try to keep up with science and, and biology and medicine and all these things to try to navigate through this. But be careful letting stories that do not, do not even attribute the goodness of God to God or what he's doing in this world. Don't let them mess with your heads. He goes, rather, here's what you do right now. You train yourself for godliness. You, like an athlete, those are athletic terms. I grew up an athlete. Uh, I grew up, I'm not an athlete anymore. Um, I, I read old books now, but that's none of your business. But he says, you got to train yourself like an athlete. You know, you know, we're all waiting for the sports to come back on, whether, whether it's soccer here in Europe or uh, baseball in the States, no matter where you're at, there's sports and we're, we're, we're drooling over them and we want them to come back. And he goes, if you want to be strong like Christ in your soul and you want to build things, these things out, you got to train yourself for godliness. And I'm like, what? how do you even train yourself for godliness? I know how to train myself for like opening day. I know how to train myself for the big game. But how do you train your soul? Like I train myself because I run and I eat a certain way and I lift and I do reps and all this stuff. But how do you do that with your soul? He goes, he goes in verse 8, for while bodily training is of some value, goodness, someone say amen. It's of a little value. All of us lazy people say amen right now. I'm like, yes, I love the Bible. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way. If we learn how to work out our souls, it is going to help us every single step of this coronavirus. And he goes even further than that. He goes, it's not only going to get you through the coronavirus and keep you full of peace and patience and power, but it holds promise for also the life to come. Like he goes, it will bless you now to actually transform into the image of Christ, to actually see the life of Christ come forth. It's going to bless you now. It's going to get you through things now. It's going to heal marriages, and it's going to heal job restrictions and all these things. It's going to get you through it, but it's also going to meet you in the afterlife. And I'm just like, dang, if there's one thing I want to focus on right now, I want to train to be like Christ. That's what I want right now. I want you to write this down. We'll put it up. Or put it down on the screen. Check it out. You cannot get the results if you do not embrace the routine. 
We all want results. Think of the, uh, the workout world. It's so big. You think about it. You can't go like this. Dude, I don't want to look this way. I want to look a different way. Well, you're not going to get the results without the routine. You got to show up and you got to lift and you got to run and you got to eat right. And that, that, that instructor's got to yell at you and tell you, come on, go, 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 and all that stuff. Well, the, the Christian life works the same way. He goes, he goes like this. If you want the results, you got to bring in the routine. And the routine is to take this book over and over before the Lord Jesus and read it and let him reteach your thought life. Little things, big things, life-changing things, things like anger and things like forgiveness and things like money. And he'll, he, will, he will reteach you every step of the way. That's why we call it being born again. He'll say, I will teach you how to live life. I will renew your thought life. I will change the way you think, and that will change who you are. But I need to meet with you like an instructor, Jesus says. I need you to read the Bible. I need, I need you to pray. I need you to, to blast worship music in your house. I need that message in your mind because if you embrace the routine, if you're always exposing yourself to spiritual things, you're going to get the spiritual results. Whoo, man, you know, I, man, let me just say this. Where are you at? Let me just say this. Look, look up here. Look up here. The possibilities of you... <laughs> I do not think we have tapped into the possibilities of us. We have the spirit of Christ dwelling in us, those who are born again. And he wants, he does not want to unleash a, unleash a leak. He wants to unleash a river of living water from your soul. What are the possibilities of us? If we could get into spiritual routines and renew our thinking and allow the Spirit of God to use Scripture and worship and prayer in each other to transform our minds and how we, how we think and how we love and how we exist. Who does God want us to be? This is amazing stuff. So here's my question. In, in week three, I've given you two huge challenges. Renew your mind in the Scripture and lift up praise to God. I told you if you work those things out in a new routine, it will begin to transform you. It will. But, but here's my question. I want to stop the workout, and I want to ask you a question. Oh, oh, the possibilities of us. So, if the Holy Spirit is calling us to create new habits, to read the Word, to worship, to pray, and He'll transform us, what in the world stops us from spiritually training to experience this life? I mean, there's the book, Right? There's prayer, there's fasting, there's great Christian books, there, there's Christian friends that we fellowship with. All of these things are supposed to be routines to transform us. Let me just ask you, look, what stops us from doing these things if we have this radical promise of life? How many of you guys, honestly, rate, like, is there an emoji like hand raised, like find one? How many of you guys would testify, I struggle keeping a spiritual routine so the Holy Spirit will change me, and I want to change it. Just, just raise your hand somehow. I don't even know how you do that on Facebook. Well, I was thinking about this in my own life because I'll be kind of, quite honest with you. I have not slowed down one bit uh, through the coronavirus. God's led us into some great new things. But I've also picked up some new habits. I, I have picked up new habits because I have new downtime. And I have a new schedule. And uh, I, I was tracking my own life because I'm tired of it, and I want Christ. I want Christ-likeness. If Christ promises a new life for me, 
I do not want to settle for anything but absolute 100% that life. And I was thinking, John, what stops you from these spiritual rhythms and habits of more scripture and more prayer and more worship in your home so the Spirit can do this thing? And here's what I wrote down to myself. I wonder if someone would testify with me, I believe we just carry too much weight. Let me explain what I mean. I have found in my life the reason I'm not in, in the routines that God is calling me into uh, of saturating myself more into spiritual things is because I carry too much weight. What is your ideal weight? Let me show you what I mean. I want you to write down one point. This is spiritual workout number three. I'll explain what I mean. We'll put it down below. Write it down, spiritual workout number three. Here's what I want to work out together as friends and as a church or wherever you're at in the globe, this week, all week, I want to drop the weights and run. I, want, I'm, ah, I feel something right now, just like. I am so focused on dropping the weights and running after Christ with everything I have right now. But I need to identify the weight so I can run quick. I can run hard at him and nothing is going to slow me down. Let me take you somewhere and unpack what I mean by dropping the weights and running faster to Christ so he'll transform us. Go to Hebrews chapter 12 and look at verse 1. We're going to sit on one verse for a while. This verse has been my meat and drink. It's been my, it's been my food lately. I, I'm loving this verse. And let me just unpack quickly what's going on in the letter of Hebrews. We don't know who wrote this letter. Um, I'm probably going to say it's Paul many times in this sermon, so just roll with me. Here's what's going on. We got a group of believers and uh, these believers are going through a lot. Anybody going through a lot out there on YouTube and Facebook? They're going through a lot. If you read the letter, it's very obvious. They're suffering. They're, they're being persecuted. Um, they're, they're going through hard times with their loved ones. Um, they're being kicked out of the synagogues for their faith. They're, they're struggling. They're, they're suffering, and they're ready to throw in the towel. They're questioning, where is God? I just read, I think it was on CNN, an article, or maybe it was Fox News. I'm reading too many news outlets, aren't I? But it was amazing. The article headline was, everybody's questioning God and where he's at right now. And it's a similar story all these years ago. They are asking, where is God? Where is God? They're discouraged. And if you read the first 11 chapters, you can feel it. You can feel it. And so whoever wrote this letter is writing this encouraging, think of like an email. He's like, dude, here's why you can hope. Here's, here's how you can stay strong. Here's how you can run the race. And so when you pick it up in verse 1, he says, your life is like a race. And he moves the whole thing into an athletic realm. Look at verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, stop and look at the screen. Let me help some of you out. Raise your hand if you grew up in church. Raise your hand if that verse has kind of freaked you out. You've probably heard somewhere down the road, some, somewhere a long time ago, that there's a bunch of saints in heaven who can see you and they're watching you. That's kind of freaky a little. I was thinking about that this morning, taking a shower and it kind of, I'm just going to tell you, it kind of, this is what happens when you don't have a church congregation. You kind of weird out. It kind of freaked me out. I'm like, well, wait a minute. Are you telling me that there's a great cloud of witnesses of all the saints of heaven right now and they can see me every second? That, that's kind of weird. Well, that's actually not at all what it's talking about. It's actually saying, if you want to learn how to get through this life and all of its hardships 
and you want to learn to get to Christ and be transformed, you have people who have successfully done it in, in, in chapter 11. There's a whole list of people who ran without weight on them. They streamlined life, and they went hard after Christ, and they made it through life radically transformed and victorious. That's what he's talking about. He goes, because we have these examples, we can look at their life and go, oh, look at how they lived. Let us also lay aside every weight and sin. I'll come back to that. Which clings so closely. Man, I read that, and I'm like, Man, I wish sin and, and weights were, were much more obvious, like, John, you're sinning right there. But they cling so closely. They become like a part of my life. I don't even see them after a while. But he goes like this, and let us run. I am in a mood to run right now. Let us run this race with endurance, this race that is set before us. Now, track with me here. Underline some things in your Bible or uh, underline it on your TV screen. Don't do that. Underline it in your Bible. Hebrews 12.1, he says, life is like a race. The entrance into the race is salvation. When you come to Christ and he saves you, you enter a new race. I love this. Well, you may be going, well, where are we going? What? You know, I was a baseball player. Um, I, never, I never ran track. I, I like to think I was smarter than that because baseball players do this. That's all we do. We spit, we don't run. We run 90 feet and stop. That's how athletic we are. So I did that for a reason. But I was reading this and I'm like, okay, if I gotta run, you better give me a very good reason to run a race. Well, he, he goes like this. The moment you get saved, you're on a new race and the goal of the race is transformation. That's the goal, that's the finish line. That's the banner that you run through, you know? Remember Bolt, the track star? You can see those pictures where he's running through and he's breaking that line. He goes, that line is Christ. You need to get to Christ. You need to let him transform you. Run to him, run to him. And it's like, whoa, this is awesome. I'm on a new race. I got to get to Jesus through the Bible and through prayer and fasting and, and meditation and worship in the church. I got to get to him through these modes and he's going to transform me. But I got some weight on me. Let me, let me take you somewhere. Can we go somewhere? Philippians chapter 3. I got a lot of scripture I want to read. Philippians chapter 3. Don't lose me here. Verse 13. Look at this. Brothers, sisters, I do not consider that I have made of my own, but one thing I do. There's one thing I'm focused on. There's one thing that dominates my life. There's one thought that I'm, I'm locked in on. I forget what lies behind. Okay, that old life is done. Me five minutes ago was under the blood. I'm blood soaked. It's all done. What lies behind, and I'm straining, more racing terminology. I'm straining forward to what lies ahead. And that's the, it's actually in the Greek, it's, it's, it's a race analogy. It's a foot race is what it means. And it's like pushing out. You know, you see those, those finishes where that guy's pushing out. That's Paul's soul. He's like, Jesus, I'm coming. And he's pushing himself. I want to read the scripture and I want to pray and I want to worship. I'm pushing myself because I want to be transformed. That's the race. I'm not content with me. I want Christ in me. I want to see him coming out of me. And then he says in verse 14, well, my wife says it too. Why are you always yelling? And I'm like, because I'm excited. You know, I'm excited about this stuff. I can't help myself. But uh, uh, look at verse 14. He goes like this. I press on. 
You know, he goes, sometimes I slow down. Sometimes I get distracted. Sometimes I get tired. But I, I got to press on. What are you pressing on towards? Towards the goal. What's the goal? I told you what the goal is. It's Christ-likeness. It's transformation. I'm pressing on to read the scripture more. I'm not, I'm not trying to get distracted anymore. Netflix ain't got nothing on Jesus anymore. I'm straining. I'm pushing. I want the prize. What's the prize, Paul? The prize is the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. The prize is when I say Jesus start coming out of my life, when I start seeing the patience of Jesus and the lion-like boldness of Jesus and the power of Jesus and the gifts of Jesus, all of those things, that's the prize. I'm ready to run. But if you go back to Hebrews 12, 1, he says something very interesting in verse 1. Let us run, second half, let us run with endurance. What does that tell you? It tells you that this thing's going to be hard. How many of you guys would testify this is hard? I have weeks where I'm terrible at being spiritual. There's days that go by where I watch more Netflix than I watch the Holy Spirit move, especially in this coronavirus. And I'm just very thankful he encourages us by going, look, I understand. I want you to have more endurance. I want you to push on. And I think the reason he says that we need to be endurance runners is because we have a competition. We have a resistance against us. You know, you see some of those football players, and they run with a parachute. They got resistance. They're trying to get stronger. And I think what Hebrews 12, 1 is saying is not everybody wants you to get to Jesus. You've got competition. You've got something that's trying to pull you back. And I say, well, what is it? Well, he says it right there in verse 1. Weights and sin. Weights and sins. Now, how many of you guys would agree with me that sin slows you down from getting to Jesus? Like, it's very hard to, to jack cars, to steal cars for a living, and just be faithful reading Scripture. It's very difficult to live a life just absolutely out of control, steeped in deep, deep alcoholism or, or hate or theft or robbery. I don't know. And like be a prayer warrior. So we get the sin thing. We're like, yeah, I'm not going to pray much if I'm, if I'm constantly like stealing my neighbor's stuff. So I get the sin thing there. But what interests me, and, and this is what the Spirit's doing in my life right now, is the word weights. Sin and weights. So it's obvious I'm not going to get to Jesus and be transformed if I'm carrying sins. But he goes like this, John, you're also carrying something that's not a sin. And it's slowing you down just as much. They're weights. And I'm like, well, if they're not sin, then why can't I carry them? Ah. And isn't it interesting, he says, these weights cling so close, John, you don't even know you carry them anymore. You just know you're not where you want to be chasing down Jesus. And the reason he doesn't call it sin, but he calls it weights is because the things that I'm carrying that are slowing me down to get to Jesus are not against the rules. They just don't help me run fast. Now, I didn't run cross country. Someone do the cross country emoji if you did, or track. I didn't run cross country or track. I played baseball. I suppose if you're a cross country racer, runner, whatever you guys are called, I'm jealous. I, I suppose you could wear ankle weights, couldn't you? I don't think you'd be disqualified. It just would be totally stupid. 
It would not help you get to the goal at the speed you're supposed to get to the goal. And I want you to turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I'm going I'm to break this open a little bit. I want you to look at your life right now. I want you to be set free, and I want you to run hard after Jesus right now. Look at 1 Corinthians 6, and I'll meet you there. Check it out. Here's what's happening right now in the coronavirus. There are many things that Christians are free to do. Amen? Like God says, yeah, I give you liberty to do that. And I'm just going to make a bunch up. I don't know, like video games? I don't, I don't know. Like, is it sin? I don't know. I don't think it is. Like, there's no scripture on it. Um, having a glass of wine? I, I don't think it is. Sure. Watching movies? Yeah. Watching four seasons of whatever on Netflix? Sure. Maybe it's not sin, having that friend, having social media. I, I, don't, I don't think it's a sin. There are many things that Christians are totally free to do, but they simply are not helping us, helping me get to Jesus at the speed I want to get to him at. And that's where I'm at right now in my life. I'm casting off weights. I don't care if they're sins or not. Jesus is worth the run. And I want to get to him so bad. And if you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, you guys there? You already read it? 1 Corinthians 6, and you look at verse 12. Man, this is a powerful verse. Paul goes like this. All things are lawful for me. Now, come on, you got to qualify that. He doesn't mean like all things. He means all things in Scripture. He says, look, if God says cool, all things, I'm free to do it. I, I have power to do those things. That's what it literally means. But not all things are helpful. This just made the Christian life a little harder. All things I'm free to do, if they're in scripture, but they're not all helpful, even if, they're, even if they're not sinful, are they helping me out? Are they helping me get to Christ? All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. Which is to say, even though I'm free to do it, even though it's not sin, it can become a new habit and begin to slow me down. It can become a weight. And then when I try to read my Bible or I try to pray, I feel heavy. I feel like distracted. And I'm like, why am I so distracted? Because I've been carrying something that isn't sinful, but I've been carrying it so long that I'm, I've almost formed a new habit, a new addiction, a new distraction. And I'm reading articles right now on the coronavirus that new habits and new addictions are being formed because we're stuck and stink inside. Many things, many things, many things are okayed in Scripture, but that's not the question. The question is, is it slowing us down to getting to our Lord and Savior, our love, Jesus Christ? And during this lockdown, again, guys, I don't know about you. Let me not speak for you, but I hope you speak with me in the comments, in the combo down below. I don't know about you, but I've picked up some extra weights during the coronavirus. Like we are a technological age and we're stuck on a couch and all this stuff. We've just naturally picked up things that aren't sin, but they're things. And, and it's like, you know, maybe I'll just read a half a chapter because, man, I really want to finish that show. Or I'm going to check the news 10 times or whatever. They're not bad. They're just slowing us down. Let me illustrate it like this. This is what Paul's saying. You're running this race and the goal, it's a long race. You need endurance. The goal is Christ-likeness. If you could get to him through prayer and through scripture reading and through each other and worship music, like he would change you and, oh, that's what we want. But you're carrying these things that aren't sinful. They're just heavy. They're just slowing you down. So why don't we ask the Holy Spirit to analyze those things and, and take them off us today? And here's what it looks like. Here's, here's me. Here's, here's me on Monday. Here's me running a race. 
Someone better amen. Someone better be with me on this one. Here's me. I'm getting ready to run the race. It's Monday. You know, I worked hard this week. I worked hard this week, Will, so, you know, I'm ready to run, but, you know, I read a little bit of the Bible, and, and so I got a little bit of time off, so I'm just going to hit up Netflix, and it's a li- Netflix is not bad. It's not sin. Maybe someone wants to comment about that. I don't know. Uh, I don't think it's sinful, but it's a weight. It's a thing. It's another thing. It's a distraction, and uh, how many of you guys watched Tiger King too many times? Come on. Come on, I'll open up a confessional right now. How many of you guys watch Tiger King and you shouldn't have? All right, that'll ruin you right there. <laughs> but so I go like this. Well, let me, just, let me just watch a little Netflix and maybe I'll cut my prayer, prayer time short. You know, the longest prayer in the Bible is only like six minutes anyway. So, I, you know, I'll drop a little Netflix in there. And then, uh, you know, I got to make sure my, my people are good. So I'm going to check social media. That's not wrong. It's not sinful. It's just, it's just, it's just time. It's more time. It's another thing. And, uh, you know, I really wanted to pray with my wife before I left. And uh, I watched a little Netflix, and uh, I checked social a little bit. So, um, yeah, I, cu- I, I cut that out. And so I got, I got a little more weight in there. And then, uh, you know, maybe you get off work, and I'm making all this up. My life's not really this crazy. But I, uh, and I did watch The Tiger King, and I'm working it out of my system right now. But uh, maybe, maybe you get off work, and, you know, maybe you... Maybe you want to have a, a glass of wine, and maybe that, you know, you, you may not say that's sinful, um, but maybe it, it goes too far, maybe it distracts you, and you didn't pray. You were planning on praying that night. You were planning on getting on your knees with the Almighty Lord Jesus Christ and letting him saturate you in his presence. And something cut in, and it's a little bit heavy. And pretty soon, we, we start to feel heavy. And then... Uh, we go back on uh, not only Facebook, but we look on Instagram too. So it's a little bit heavier. It's a little bit bigger. We spend a little bit more time on there. And uh, you know what that does. It's not wrong. It's not sinful. But you know what that can do to your mood? You know you saw what's her name and she's saying this and, and she's bashing this guy and, and she's bashing this leader. And you're like, oh, I don't even like that right there. Or that dude says this. And you're like, dude, don't even say that. And you're kind of wearing that in your mind and you're kind of frustrated. And you were going to read the Bible, but now you're going you're to read the precatory Psalms or where David calls down fire on people. And so we put a little more weight in there. You know, that dude calls you. And you're like, well, I still got time. I'll read the Bible. And that guy calls you, and he feels like this when he calls. This dude drives you crazy, but you call him friend. And, you know, every time he calls you, he makes you feel heavy. And, you know, you're dusting off social media, and you're like, let's pray. Let's get after Jesus. I'm reading this awesome book by A.W. Tozer right now. And then, and then he texts you. You know, it's Frankie. It's like, dang, Frankie, really? Every time you call, bro, you kill me. And he tears the spirit down. Or, you know, it's Samantha, and she's like, oh, you know, girl. And that conversation went way too long, and you listened way too long, and you felt it messing with your spirit. She ain't wrong. He ain't wrong. They're not sin, I don't think. It's your friends. And I don't even know if this is going to fit, you guys. And then we go like this. This is what Hebrews 12.1 is saying. If I hurt myself, can we go ahead and just cut the camera and edit this? So this is what, this is what it feels like some days. This is what Hebrews 12.1 says. He goes, oh, these things aren't wrong that you're carrying. They're not sin. They're weights. They're fine. But they, they, ain't, they ain't helping you. 
I'm, I'm not even playing right now. This is super heavy. And uh, we kind of look funny, too, when we carry weights we shouldn't carry. And, and uh, you know, we, we get down to pray, and it's like, oh, dang. Oh, and you're carrying what, remember what he said, and the Facebook post, and, and you're still thinking about the Tiger King, and you can see him. It's like, ah, got to get this out of my head. And you get down to pray a little bit, and you're like, Lord, I can't stay down here long. I got a lot of weight I'm carrying. I can't do that. You know, it's a spiritual workout, and you're like, oh, Pastor John, he was hollering at us. You got to read your Bible. You got to read the Bible. And so you get down, and you're like, okay, let me read the Bible. Let me do this thing. Okay, this ain't going to, this is not working. I, okay, I read four sentences, but the power of God was in those four sentences, so we're good. And uh, we get up, and we're like, okay, all right. Day's kind of jacked up. And uh, coronavirus has been adding weight to me. Not here. Here. And I'm ready to run. And I want you to write this down. And I know, see, I, you thought the workout challenge was going pretty smooth, and I just took it to another level. This is like Spartan stuff right here it is. But man, I want Jesus. I want you to write this down. The question isn't, What's wrong with it? What's wrong with it? What's wrong with me doing that? Is it really wrong? The question is, how fast do you want to run? None of it's wrong. But how much do you want to know Jesus? Are we ready to put these things down and get serious right now about Christ? You know, Will, our worship pastor, who's been leading us week after week, love this guy so much, he texted me and he said, sometimes transforming yourself isn't about picking weights up, but putting weights down. And I was like, oh, man, we need some cardio workout now, don't we? And so I'm thinking, Will, I'm just like, well, I got Netflix back here. I got my friends back here. I got social media back here, but I got Jesus out there. And I love, I love you people, and I kind of like you, Netflix. <laughs> but I'm just so done with this. I want to run. I want Jesus to change my soul. And so I'll be back one day, guys. But I'm going to the Lord's. I want to put some weights down. And maybe you're here and you're thinking to yourself, you're listening and you're going, well, I need some motivation because right now I'm so bored right now. Like Netflix is keeping me alive and social media is like the only people I can talk to right now. Look, I get it. I'm not trying to be rough. I'm just hungry to get to Christ. What's the motivation to put down these things and go back to scripture and go back to prayer and go back to fellowship with godly people and, and walk and worship God in nature and sing? Well, it's certainly not self-denial. That motivation is going to fade big time. I'm just not going to watch this anymore. I'm just not going to check the media 10 times a day. I'm just going to check it one time. Self-denial is not going to get you anywhere. The, the motivation and the power comes from the prize. It's not putting this stuff down. It's the prize out there. I'm not going to be motivated to put all this down and just sit here. But if I know what's out there, when I know who's out there, and I know what it feels like to get to him, 
This is rubbish, man. This is nothing. You see, think about athletes. When athletes lose motivation, you hear about it all the time. When athletes lose motivation and they're trying to figure out how to like stir it up again, their coaches tell them to get their eyes back on the prize, the Super Bowl, you know, the World Series, you know, the heavyweight championship of the, the champion of the world. You got to get your eyes back on the prize. And when they get like Tom Brady, I, I shouldn't even have brought it up. I know I'm going to get all these wacky comments now. I still love you guys. But, but he, they, they, they be my Seahawks, okay? I'm still bitter. But think about it. You think about this. What is motivating them? It's like, man, I've just looked down here, and I've got all busy in, in the money and, and, and the team and the coach. And if I could get my eyes back on the ultimate prize, and that's what Paul is saying. That's what the Bible's saying. The prize is to be like him, to be like him, to be like him. And that's, that's how he captures this in Hebrews 12 and verse 2. Looking to Jesus. There it is. Get your eyes back on the prize. He goes in verse 2. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter, it really means the captain of our team. It's all laced in a sports analogy. It's amazing. Get your eyes back on Christ. What would it be like to know him? What would it be like to fellowship with him? What would it be like to actually be in a situation and feel him come out of you and you forgive or you love or you selflessly do something to someone to change their life? He goes, look, get your eyes back on Jesus. He's worth it. He's better than Netflix season four. He's better than it all. Jesus is just better. He's life. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, look at that, the joy that was set before him, he had a goal too. Finish the race, get to the Father. He endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. I want to give you a challenge. Yeah, I'm just excited. I want my Lord. I want to pray. I want to know the fellowship of Jesus Christ. I want to see him in scripture. I want, to, I want to talk about him with my brothers. I want this church to open again. And I want to give you a challenge. I want you to run. You know, I had a professor in, in seminary who said this, John, the Bible says, do you, run, do you want to run with foot soldiers or, or do you want to run with horses? I want to run with horses. I want to run for Jesus. And if you're willing to take this challenge up, I want to ask you this question. We'll put the challenge on the screen right now. What weight will you drop and replace it with a spiritual exercise so you can see your life transformed? Let me say it again. What weight are you willing to drop and replace it with Bible reading, with prayer, with worship in your home, turning music on so you can get to Jesus and see your life transformed. Now's the time. And if you're willing to take up this challenge, I want you to post it this week. I want you to use our hashtag spiritual fitness challenge so we can walk together we can run together and we can share our race together and encourage one another to let these things down right now and get ourselves to Christ. Let me wrap this up by reading a beautiful, beautiful verse. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 8. I don't know a better verse to capture this thought than this. Indeed, I count everything as loss 
because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all these things, but I count them as rubbish in order that I may know and gain Christ. It's time to run like never before. Let's bow our heads no matter where you're at, and let's pray for this discipline and this hunger and fire in our souls. Father, would you do this work in us? Would you change us? Would you help us, Holy Spirit, to see those things that we've been carrying that have distracted us from running the race to Jesus? Give us wisdom to see and a hunger that Jesus is greater than than anything else we may pick up. What is our ideal weight? Whatever allows us to run as hard as we can to the Lord and Savior, the joy and love of our souls, Jesus Christ. In his name we pray, amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. If this is your first time joining us online, please head over to our website, frontlinecommunity.org, and under the contact us portion, say hi. We'd love to meet you. If you would like someone from our church to pray for you, please shoot us an email at prayer at frontlinecommunity.org. If you feel led to contribute financially to this ministry, please visit frontlinecommunity.org forward slash about forward slash give or email giving at frontlinecommunity.org. Please feel free to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on and rate our podcast. We hope you are blessed today and we'll see you next week.